The Those Guys with Ships Show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Yeah, we have we have a, a command performance from our good friend Amontillado, who uh, enjoyed uh, our singing so much last time that uh, I promised that I would favor him with uh, another installment at the top of uh, today's episode. So, uh, Jimmy, I'm going to attempt to add some additional lyrics. Ooh, I like that. Wow, Star Citizen. Citizens of the, of the stars, stars Come fly away To Jupiter and Mars Citizens of the stars It's gorgeous. Wow. Did you practice that together? Because... Yep. <laughs> What's for you, Amontillado? That was amazing. <laughs> yes, he, he was he was really excited and uh, eagerly anticipating uh, us doing that. And by eagerly anticipating, he said if we ever did it again, he would stop listening. So there you go. <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's a work yeah. in progress. Yeah, I, I took it as a challenge. Wow. All right. Well, guys, uh, today is January 30th. Um, we uh, are recording uh, a week later than we, uh, we normally would for uh, various reasons. Uh, Mostly because the internet had conspired against us, and I think Ace was moving too. So yes, I'm finally in our new digs. They are beautiful. I am happy awesome. to be here. I thought you awesome. just moved like last Did year. You? Oh, really? Was that what it was? Yeah, oh, like, well, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's last year, uh, and then uh, we moved to our new place now. Uh, it was uh, quite an arduous trip. It involved lots of slipping on snow while carrying heavy furniture. It was not pleasant. Were you? Would you say oh, you no. were um, moving moving on up? Uh, actually, yes. We moved up eastward. from Wilsonville to the bottom of Mountain Park in Lake Oswego. So, yes, we are, in fact, moving on up. To a nice. deluxe apartment in the sky, I, I, I? Indeed. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, there was, if any of you guys, the, when the big um, snowstorm hit uh, the northwest uh, during, you know, right around New Year's Eve, a couple couple uh, weeks after that, mm-hmm. we were moving during that, that, that period. It was oh. pleasant. That's awesome. Delightful. It, it was now not I know what you're talking fun. about. I just have sun and warm all the time. So well, I, I had the that. singular experience of driving a U-Haul truck full of furniture across snow and ice. It was not Ooh. fun. Mm. Mm. Well, you're young. You can do it. It's true. Hmm. I'm not really sure that. Well, okay, whatever. No, no, I don't know if my age yeah, applies get, to driving conditions. You a certain age, and you sure. just can't do stuff like that anymore. Turns out you no. can't do it. I, I turn on, I get on the wheel, and I, I don't even know how to drive anymore. No, it's like, really oh, God, I'm too old. The ice. Oh, no. Oh, God. Hire somebody. I just freeze up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, um, we are Those Guys with Ships. Uh, This is the Those Guys with Ships show, um, our Star Citizen Organization gaming community podcast. And please do remember, when the going gets weird, one hand washes the other. 
That is the epitome of mixed metaphors. Can we make that our tagline? That's I, yeah, amazing. It is amazing. I, I'm, <laughs> that's, I'm not even trying I mean, to feel creepy, about it. It's creepy, but not really. You know? <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's the, like G the, creepy. I feel like the mixed metaphors right there like perfectly encapsulates everything about TGWS. Mm-hmm. We sort are of weird the mixed, and off-kick mixed, here and the goofy. Mixedest. The mixedest metaphors. So porridge. So, so porridge. So porridge. Um, no, what was the other one? What did we have in, in addition to porridge that we uh, decided? There's all, there also the cut of your jib. Uh, you guys are talking about no. that. <laughs> Don't be a Richard. Don't be a Richard. Yeah. Don't no, be no, no. This was last time. Last time we, the four of us recorded. What was it? Mark, I thought you said... Um, this is the. This is this is it. This is it going forward. We have reached Nirvana. Oh, it's very possible. But let's be honest. I don't remember anything after five no. minutes. Someone so. is yelling at their their wait, iPhone wait, or wait, their wait, Android phone what? right now. Like it's this. It's this. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are we talking about? Wait. What happened? <laughs> I, I. It's not an Amontillado because he's he's left now. So <laughs> we don't about him. Okay. Damn it. Right. <laughs> come back, Amontillado. It wasn't that. Please bad. come back. We promise we'll do it again. Okay, um, so uh, though this is the uh, Those Guys with Ship show, we did get uh, a production schedule report update, which I thought we'd take a few a few seconds here to mention at the top of the show. Um, the current uh, 2.6.1 aim date remains the same at February 16th, uh, but uh, the information pertaining to versions 3.0 and beyond is back. Um, yay, and I, I think they went through and edited it, so it seemed a little bit more... Um, uh, useful. I mean, Mark, there was stuff in there about the covert ops. I thought that was a little bit uh, clearer than the uh, previous version. Does that? Uh, well, does did that... they change it? You know, I'm going to be honest. I actually went through and read the stuff afterwards. I saw the update on uh, I don't know Reddit or something like that, and I did notice a few things. A something like the caterpillar is still in 3.0, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and which obviously it's already in. And uh, the covert ops thing, I read every single time I go through there because I'm jonesing for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if there was a difference or not. I don't recall. Well, there's, there's a feeling convenient different. hyperlink right there that you can click on right now. See, that's that's a little harder than. Uh, do you even internet, bro? Do you, do you internet, yo? Come on, get with it. I'm just I'm hurt. Oh, they did. No, that's Storm Rain. I'm still on two point six. Yeah, this no, is still 2.61. 3.0 does still note uh, the uh, Caterpillar. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. You know, a lot of this stuff doesn't show up on my phone, I think. Mm. Yeah, but I see, yeah, 3.0 still has the Caterpillar, which which led me to believe that they hadn't updated stuff. So when I looked through, I wasn't sure. Um, I, I know they had the infiltration and covert stuff. Uh, I do remember Sabotage being there. I... Uh, hostage rescue. Yeah, I think this is the same. I could be wrong. Believe it's the uh, same. Okay. Patrol areas of space, protect stationary entities, advance mission scenarios, infiltration slash covert, retrieve data, object from enemy, sabotage, etc. Hostage rescue missions. Yes. No, that's mercenary. <laughs> no, it's mercenary and covert operations. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this was in there originally. I would have to obviously pull up my screenshots from... Citizen Con to actually see, but I, I believe this is correct. All right, okay. Well, it's back in there, and it doesn't look like anything has moved around, and Jimmy, yeah, you're right. It still shows the Caterpillar is coming with 3.0, uh, which uh, we know is not accurate, because we already got it. So. Also still shows smuggling. Smuggling. So happy. Smuggling. Smuggling. Really, really curious just to see how, if they're implementing a contraband system, or, or how... How and what they're planning to do for the, what what smuggling is because it's moving contraband. So, yeah. where's what's the contraband system going to be like? Anyway, sorry, I, I'm is your Star Wars galaxy showing? 
Yes, yes, yes. My yes. Star Wars Galaxy is <laughs> totally hanging out right Star now. Star Wars Galaxy showing. <laughs> I like that. You know, there, there's a there's a surgery you can have to repair that. No, no, I like to let it swing low. Okay, well, no, absolutely, you're not helping Ace move again. <laughs> no. You know, I, I, I put out the call to a bunch of friends and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, got some people to help, but, you know, strangely, no TGWS people. Ace, mm-hmm. Ace just, just know that there will come a point when you'll be too old to move stuff, and it's a wonderful, wonderful time in your life because you get to tell people, I'm too old to move stuff. If you want it moved, hire somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. hire some movers. So wonderful, I, wonderful know, after, place to after be. After this experience. It is. It is wonderful. That's why Despite I'll, I'll never being move again. <laughs> young and vile and uh, svelte, uh, I think next time we might hire movers just because we're such a pain in the ass this time around. I don't I'll be honest, I used to... Yeah, I used to be a mover for a hot hot minute. Oh, and I mean, to tell you, uh, yeah. the first thing I did, there's only one person I'll ever help move. It's my little brother because he helped. He was he, he was a mover at the same time. So together, mm-hmm. we're like buttered, I don't know, the whatever you butter and you rub together that's very smooth. Were you guys like the <laughs> fabulous Mad Cow Brothers? <laughs> we were, pretty much. <laughs> Basically. Um, Two cows however, in a truck. What's that? Two cows in a truck? Two cows in a truck. However, nice. anybody else... Of course, obviously, everyone knows I was a mover, so I always get asked to help. I refer them to my favorite moving company and tell them, you should hire these guys. They do fantastic. <laughs> I don't even move myself anymore. Mm. I have people do it for me because I know how terrible it is. I would have told them, I, I, I can't because I'm bonded, and if I do it without a, a contract, then I lose my bond. Exactly, and bonds are not cheap. They're not cheap? No. Well, All right. What was I say? When did this turn into the moving show? I don't <laughs> just now (laughs) (laughs) we'd like to change the format of uh the uh tgws show to the moving show all moving all day all the time Mm -hmm. and and ace as you approach our age movement becomes more important too Mm. Mm. well you know at some point we'll hire somebody with a with a freelancer and they can just load up the entire apartment in one go that's not the way i was referring to i was (laughs) i was thinking uh what is it musilex there so, you go. And, Houston, and, and 10,000 steps moving. a day. Oh, both of those. <laughs> Absolutely get things tune in, moving. Tune into yeah. the uh, high-quality Star Citizen podcast where we make bowel jokes. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so um, no mention of working days for Squadron 42 yet, so there's that. Um, I guess uh, I guess they're, I guess Chris is, is going to be over in at Foundry 42 for the next couple of weeks. So maybe after he's over there and they have their meetings and whatnot, maybe we'll get some uh, some information, some updated information uh, then. But. You have to wonder, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but you have to wonder, is it one of two things? Are there problems with the development of, the, of Star Citizen, or, or I'm sorry, of Squadron 42, and that's why they're kind of being hush-hush? Eh, I don't necessarily think so. Um, or are they getting to the point where they're like, all right, let's lock it in, here's our release date, um, you know, we're, we're, we're past our hurdles. We're just finalizing. We've got another six months to go. Well, we've seen this before. This isn't the first time we've seen where that's like, it's like super fantastic, awesome news stuff drought. And it's just, mm, it's just yeah. the studio is just quiet for a while. Well, and then all of a sudden, explosion of content, yeah. drought. Well, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, if they're getting close, you know, they don't want to just drop an arbitrary uh, release date. I would imagine that they're going to want to save that for some larger event. I don't yeah. know. I don't think I don't sense. think an event is necessarily as important as just having uh, making sure they actually know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that interview with Tony Zervik, I think, was a good point. Are we going to get to that? I can't. I don't remember if I saw that in here. Basically, um, though, 
Yeah, yeah, I don't have it in here. You're talking about uh, on ATG this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did yeah, yeah no, it's not. It's not in here. So if you want to go ahead and tangent to it now, if you want. Yeah. Do we mind tangent? Okay. I don't want. I don't. Sure. I tangent. No, go right ahead. I think that's the theme morning. This, uh, this week. Yes, mm. but uh, <laughs> you know, he did mention uh, in, in his you know vast what was it uh, the the data dump that is anything Tony Zerber <laughs> says. Um, oh yeah. He did mention that uh, you know one of the big issues with that Squadron Forty Two vertical slice was not so much the AI or being in place. It's a lot of times them sitting there and waiting for animations to be done correctly so right. that it all integrates correctly and it looks right. Um, and he brought up a really. It, he was excited. I don't mean to interrupt. He brought up a really good point where he had said that if you're doing something groundbreaking, you don't want to ruin that with a poor animation. Exactly, right. and that's yeah. right. that makes. And I think that can be. You can take that to. Uh, you can extrapolate that to a lot of the stuff they're doing. You know, yeah, they may have it in place. They may have the stuff in place, but now they have to do that last. That last ten percent. They've got to link yeah, up those animations. Got to get things right correctly. Right. However you want to look at it, and that stuff takes as long as it takes to correct it. Yeah, so, well, and that, and that totally makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Mass Effect trailer from like a month or a half ago, like there was some uh, still a little wonky uh, facial animations for like yeah. one of the one of the cutscenes, and people pointed it out. People yeah. went, mm-hmm. "Ah, that does not look fantastic." The rest of the game looks great, but uh, that doesn't look. Uh, yeah, doesn't what look what great. happened on those things? What did you see all over the place? It was constantly like, "Oh, these guys aren't ready. What's going on? Is the game failing? Are yeah, they going to exactly. close it down? Is it going to be you know, pushed back another year?" It's like, "Whoa, guys!" Well, and it looks, and the latest trailers look much better. Yeah, because I'm sure they've managed to smooth all that stuff out now. And, but why? Why cause a self inflicted wound? You know what I mean? It's probably, exactly. It's probably better to yeah. just not show it rather than show it and then spend. A month of cleanup or two months of cleanup, and then go. Hey, look, it's where it needs to be now. No. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, and speaking of the 3.0, um, I thought we'd take a, a couple seconds here and discuss our expectations for it now relative to the expectations we had for 2.6. Um, and what I'm talking about specifically is how do we see it affecting the player base? Um, I, um, I'm personally, I, I kind of hope that we don't receive a huge influx of new players because with 2.6 I think we had discussed that uh, we were expecting all of the Call of Duty guys to all of a sudden show up and that um, you know part of the reason why Star Marine was going was being delayed and delayed and delayed is because they knew that they were going to have that highly critical audience uh, descending upon the game in mass and that didn't really happen I mean the, it did it did it did bump up um, uh, the player base, but it didn't. Uh, it didn't blow it up uh, like uh, some folks had predicted, and I, and I think I would argue that that's a good thing because I, I think that um, you know a slow and steady increase in population is going to make it uh, easier to test, and then also um, is going to uh, mean less likelihood of a um, a negative media event because if you have you know a million new players dump into Star Citizen or Star Marine all at once, and uh, uh, some negative opinions start gathering momentum, uh, that could that could turn nasty real quick. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I, I think it it uh, I. I I would anticipate after 2.6, and yeah, I mean, I was one of those guys. I thought we were just going to get slammed with a bunch of uh, first-person shooter, you know, addicts. Uh, and I think we did. I mean, there were some, but mm-hmm. it wasn't near the the uh, amount that I think a lot of people predicted. And I don't know if that's something that just the player base predicted would be, or if that was something the developers had in mind too. And you know, CIG was purposely trying to make sure it was perfect before it went out. 
anticipating a much larger response. But yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a good thing. I, I think they're getting the testing they need. And if the footprint on the media isn't quite as big as it could have been, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that's a bad thing at this point. Sometimes I feel like Star Citizen is going to be um, the slowest burning one um, uh, breakthrough, you know, the, the, the slowest burning hit um, in history. Because mm-hmm. we're all watching the development, we're all playing the development, and I just have a feeling that when the game proper and Squadron 42 are finished and released, the, the game, if it, if it comes to its natural conclusion is going to be an award-winning game and everyone's going to be talking about how amazing Star Citizen is, Star Citizen is from, you know, EVA to, to FPS to to, you know, seamless camera integration between first and third person, so on and so on and so on and so on. But it's going to be one of those things where it's like everyone's going to start talking about it and we're going to be like we're going to be hipsters that have been like, "Oh, yeah, no, I, I knew about that 3 years ago." Right. Yeah. Right. I think you're about right. I mean, I think the I think Squadron 42 is going to make a rather large splash potentially. Yeah. Yes. Especially yes. if they have a decent first-person presence in that, I guess. If it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's just a dogfighting simulator, you know, and it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. So I think no. that that uh, that should be in given given the uh, I want to say what the uh, kind of the the influx of space kind of shooter types of things that have shown up lately. You know, the space games have become more popular. I think that'll be popular. I think that'll raise awareness of it. But the PU, I think, is going to kind of sneak by. Because a lot of people will probably hear Star Citizen, assume Squadron 42, and then not really talk about it. I, think, I kind of feel like that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah, and I think with I think with Squadron 42, you're going to see a lot of uh, Half-Life comparisons. If, if that the, it's never going to come out, it's never going to like the, the mythical game. No, 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 no. Like the ha, like the the how well executed the original series was, how much people okay. love those games, and how much they want to see more of those games. I think that if this when this game comes out, it'll be in that vein, and people will be talking about it like that type of a game. And I think that if that's the case, if that's kind of been the plan, it's very smart because now you go from playing a game that that is very, very reminiscent of a Half Life type of game into a persistent universe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, so now that that movement or that that uh, increase of our um, uh, ability in the persistent universe, uh, do we see that? Because I think we, I think, well, I think we have. I think we have said in the past that uh, our expectation for three is that when we get the ability to explore the entire Stanton system, when we get more missions that um, have. Uh, more of the AI that uh, we get uh, all excited for every time uh, uh, Tony does a data dump, you know? I mean, I, I think... So I, I think that there's a, a strong argument to say that it might be more... Uh, there might be a, a larger increase than there was for 2.6 uh, just because, you know, those Call of Duty guys, they've got, you know, a million and one games to choose from. You know, it's not it's not like they they have been waiting specifically for a game like this. Um, but I think I think that that we have I think we have been waiting for a, a game like this and for this huge transition from 2.x to 3.x. Yeah, I think we'll see more consistent players in there. I think of of the community, we'll see. We'll, I don't think it's going to be an influx of new people. I think we'll just see a a more 
what, higher presence of current backers in the game. It's that's that's a really good point that that Mark brings up. I, I know that CIG has mentioned in the past where they've said you know a lot of people. Um, we'll log on when a patch goes live, play it for a couple of days, and then we don't really see them again until another patch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even with those of us, us diehard players, to some extent, that's a bit true. You know, um, I would say that maybe one of the differences would be that you know we will file bug reports when we play. Um, you know, we'll we'll try and in, engage in, in what the issues that are that are coming up when playing. But um, but even to, with us, you know, I know that you know there's the simple fact is there's not a lot to do in game. And when you have issues like with the with the most recent patch with 2.6, where there's a significant amount of lag in Crusader. Um, it, it makes it a bit more difficult to get back into the game, and so you play a little bit less. And I think that when uh, 1.6 comes out, if it's a more stable patch and things are a little bit more seamless, you know, people will be playing a bit more again. And then, as Mark had mentioned, going forward, when we start to see things like 3.0 that really ties the entirety of Stanton together, the people that have backed this game will be playing more consistently. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying so much uh, that we're going to have new people buying, buying in. Uh, I'm thinking that we're going to have more people participating. You mm-hmm. know, perhaps folks, folks that have been here since, uh, since Kickstarter, who like you, uh, you say, uh, every time there's a patch, they, uh, they log in, they check it out, and then they say, okay, uh, just you know, wake me up when the next patch comes. Which is an interesting point too, because. Uh, we don't know. Is it going to be two point? We don't know when the Delta Patcher is coming, do we? No, I think they said on their most recent builds they have it running in house. Okay, uh, so yeah, once that's once once that's out, then they're going to be able to start patching like once a week, you know, if not more. So uh, that 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 may have a, a change in the uh, or may uh, cause a change in uh, player behavior, both. Uh, uh, existing players and also uh, new players too. I mean, because you know, people that have been on the fence, like you know, I'm you know, rather than spending sixty bucks for the combo pack, um, maybe I'll you know, I'll go buy this other game that I've been wanting to play. But as soon as you know, they're starting to do these updates, you know, more regularly, and there's more um, uh, more frequent. Uh, uh, release of content, then uh, then I'll be more interested and more likely to uh, to pull that trigger. I still have friends that are like, uh, yeah, no. So what's the latest with Star Citizen? And I'll explain it to them. They go, well, that sounds like it's almost there. Let me know when it's a little bit closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. To so be anyway, fair, at this point, I am I am one of those dirty people who who boots up the game, plays through the new patch content, is like, ah, that's awesome, that's fantastic, and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do something else for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's mainly to do that I, I don't feel like there, like you said, like there's, um, there is a limit to casual play. Um, and I'm still waiting for the stability to be such that I can start up the school again. Because there's something I really want to do at some point is to restart the school. Right. Um, right. But I, you know, play long enough to test the game and see where things are. And it's like, is it ready yet? Sort of like checking, sort of like you know, sticking your finger in your mouth and raising it up to the wind and being like, "Where's where are things going so far?" And then uh, if it's not you quite there, I'm like, "All right, back in the oven." You don't know where you don't know where that finger's been. You shouldn't do mixed true. so many metaphors right there. Mm. It's a bun in the oven and a finger in the wind and all sorts of stuff. Wow, <gasps> bun in the oven. Do you have an announcement to make, Ace? No, 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 no. <laughs> are, are you heard here first? Heard here first, guys. 
Yeah. Oh right. no! This is how internet rumors get started. <laughs> <laughs> I hope when you're I know there'll be like a post on TTWS like now. Ace, Ace, and Mrs. Ace are expecting twins, mm. and I'll be like, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, no. Did you really start receiving I heard twins? I heard triplets. I'll start receiving uh, baby presents in the mail. I'll be like, what are you people doing? No. <laughs> tell tell them to gift you. The wife will start asking money. uncomfortable questions. <laughs> Well, I, Ace, I wouldn't let her know until you're far enough along that you know you're sure that it's going to be okay. Yep, agreed. <laughs> no, right. something well, that I'm doing lately, aside from moving, is that I've been playing D and D with a bunch of friends lately. I have a whole D and D campaign going on. Nice. What rule set are you guys using? Uh, five. Oh, good. they're up to five already. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> I was two. I was you know D and D two three kind of threw me off a little bit. It was kind of a revamp, and I didn't really like it much. Five is nice. The combat is... I feel like they've really tuned the combat to the point where it's not so woozy that you can't get through it, but also not so light that there isn't some strategy involved. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's more role-playing than uh, 4th Edition was just because... 4th Edition was more like playing WoW. You know, it was was kind of geared towards loot grinding. Loot grinding and then then having all of your abilities and keeping track of all that stuff. Sort of like in in WoW where you you keep track of your bars and all that fun stuff. If you look at the number of books for 4 versus 5 so far, the difference is dramatic. Yeah, with 5 you you just get, you just need the the, the core uh, book set and that you got plenty. That in your imagination. To play that then. That sounds fun. Oh well. Okay, so anyway, uh, production schedule report, more information. Um, it's nice to be seeing this uh, come out once a week again now, so uh, we'll keep track of that, and uh, we will, uh, we'll see what happens when 3.0 drops. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll get a whole bunch of new friends to play with, maybe just some friends we haven't seen for a while. So. But I'm sure something will happen. Okay, and uh, Foxen, Foxen, I hope you're out there, and I know you you probably didn't believe that this day would ever come. We have but... a, we have a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, questions to answer, don't we? Yeah, well, yeah. Luckily, um, he's but, a really nice guy. Yeah, so. but your day has arrived, sir. Uh, so uh, this was a question he sent to us um, uh, quite some time ago, and we've just, for whatever reason, never gotten to this portion of the show notes uh, in time to give it the uh, the uh, discussion that it, that it's it's worth. So uh, we're going to do that now. I moved it right to the top of the list, right, and then immediately put the production report right on top of it because <laughs> I just can't help myself. Um, so anyway, here Foxen wrote to us. He said, "Foxen here. I was just devouring Star Citizen content when I stumbled upon this video, and I'll link the video in the show notes. I don't know if you have seen it, but you guys talk should talk." About it, survival is a very important feature that needs to be added to the game. For example, suppose I crash land on an alien planet and I'm waiting to be rescued. If there's no survival mechanic to the game, it would likely get quite boring and immersion-breaking for me. I would love to hear what your opinions are on this subject. And then he sent a follow-up email uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, said, I think it would be interesting. It would be interesting gameplay if food you buy while in civilized areas keeps you full longer than food uh, you can forage when stranded on a planet. The food you could get from civilized sources could be nutrient and protein rich, so you don't have to eat as often. Uh, so if you're stranded on a planet, you'll have to ask yourself. Ask yourself if you're going to ration the food that you have that keeps you full longer for emergencies or to eat it now to get more stuff done and worry about getting more food later. 
Uh, that would also mean that if you are a farmer, you would have to make the choice of buying cheaper natural seeds than you that you can replant or the more expensive protein nutrient rich crop that you may have to buy new seeds for every time but the harvest sells for a better price so anyway i is you know it is interesting i we haven't really talked about this too much now i'm, I'm sure at some point uh, tony has said something about that he right? has well actually it wasn't yeah, Wait, re- Tony. Yeah, yeah he re- did. recently they started talking about it. But I think yeah. I just want to just say really quick. I think that the core question or the core thing that Foxen is looking for here is: if you're stranded on a planet and you eat some bad berries, are you going to have diarrhea? Answer <laughs> confirmed here. Yes, mm. I think we can all say <laughs> bad all berries say, are yeah. bad in real life mm. or in digital life. Yeah, yeah. Star have- Citizens uh, quality podcasting right here, all about poops. <laughs> All the poops. <laughs> just, just can't. I can't. Can hear it now. Just you know, stuck in the deserts of Lear Three, ate some bad berries, had squirts for weeks. <laughs> day twenty-seven. Stool is harder. It's a glorious oh, day. That's stomach, gross. stomach still in knots. <laughs> I knew I should I killed them berries. Rating. Killed my partner for the last baby wipe. <laughs> oh. uh, I mean, so, I, I do like the idea of. of uh, Having uh, rations. I mean, they, you know, every sci-fi movie that involves crash landing on a planet, there is inevitably a scene where the where the crew scavenges the ship for the emergency rations box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know how much food will play towards survivability in this. I sort of like the Skyrim approach, where it's it's you know helps with health, but it's mm-hmm. not vital or necessary. Um, as far as survival, I much prefer the sort of exposure stuff. Um, as a matter of fact, in Skyrim, there is a mod called Frostfall that is all about cold and heat and what you can do to take care of that. And there's some real interesting emergent gameplay mm-hmm. where, like, you'll be wandering around on, you know, f- going from one town to another. A snowstorm, snowstorm hits, and instead of, like, just trudging through it, you may go enter a cave or a dungeon that you wouldn't have otherwise ventured into because you need to find shelter from the cold and find uh, a source of warmth. Um, mm-hmm. And I find that much more interesting emergent gameplay than necessarily like, well, I gotta eat or I'm gonna starve. Oh no, I've eat I've I've eaten some bad food. I've, I'm like gonna crap my pants now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Which that doesn't strike me as entertaining as or interesting as as like, oh man, the weather has gotten really bad. I need to find shelter or heat. Uh, and keep my energy up that way. Well, mm-hmm. Mark, Mark just mentioned it, and I think I forget what it, what it was. I saw the same thing recently, where they talked specifically about survivability in Star Citizen, um, and they had said that you know they haven't quite got the values right, but that you know to Ace's point, um, weather, uh, atmosphere, and, and lack thereof are going to play a critical role in the game, which we're already seeing. If you're not wearing a suit and you go outside, you're going to die. So we're already starting to see the beginnings of, of a survivability aspect to the game. Um, they've also talked about the fact that they do want food to serve a purpose. It just sounds mm-hmm. like they haven't quite um, figured out how they want that to, to, to factor into the overall uh, game mechanic. Well, yeah, because otherwise, yeah, you know, your your endeavor farming module is is worthless, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, um, I, mean, I could see food being like you know, again, to grab another analogy, like World of Warcraft, food could be used for for buffs if necessary. Uh, yeah, no, I think, no, no, could, no, no, please, no food for buffs. No, no, no. That's no, that's no. A, that's immersion breaking. I mean, if if you don't if if food is a thing and you don't need to eat on some regular basis. 
Um, I don't. I don't think that it it will work for. I think the 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 food mechanic in Minecraft works extremely well. Um, there there is there are some foods that give you more uh, benefit than other foods. Uh, there are foods that you can eat that are are poisonous. You can eat them if that's all you have. It will make you sick, and uh, you will um, uh, have uh, be at a diminished capacity for a period of time. Um, but uh, it is it is a part of of, of the game, you know. So it, and it, it doesn't it doesn't turn into, you know, if you plan appropriately. I don't know how if you guys play much Minecraft, but if you plan appropriately, um, you can you can uh, grow enough food uh, that you can go off for for several days of adventuring without having to worry about growing any more food. And if you're on a large mm. enough exploring explorer, you're going to. And, and I actually love this idea. You're going to need to pack enough, you know, enough supplies. You know, we're going out for six months or we're going out until I don't know when because we're going out to look for new jump points. And, you know, we could find those jump points and basically be lost in a new solar system. Uh, so it probably makes sense for us to bring X number of, of supplies over the course of X number of days, um, mm-hmm. you know, based on how that mechanic plays out. But, Mark, I, you know, this is something that we've discussed previously and I know it came back around recently with CIG official but I mean what do you think on from what you've seen what are your thoughts on what they're doing well I think uh, I mean might as well just talk about this now since it's the next topic anyway as far as it goes there have been some interviews one was with Dan Truff and he's the game oh, hold on a second I actually was looking it up while you were talking he's the game mechanics lead I believe something on those lines uh, mm-hmm. lead system lead system designer uh, and he generally deals with gameplay mechanics and making it generally making the game fun is what he actually said in the interview uh, he talked about survivability it came up in the in the interview with him at the uh, Dutch Bar Citizen I believe uh, mm-hmm. like a month ago something like that at the beginning of the year he said essentially that yeah they had the intention was and this is the same thing that was then backed up by I think it was Tony Zurevic in this last week's ATV if I'm not mistaken didn't they talk a little bit about that was that this was that this one a little bit I think so yeah recently yeah, yeah. Recently. anyway they, they did mention that food was going to be a thing they weren't sure exactly how they were going to implement it it was something along the lines of you know if you're you know food and water type of search if you're stranded there may be something going along you know something along the lines where you'd be required to uh, to to eat or stay you know to stay healthy but along with that was also things like radiation having suits that would be you know comparable to that and if you didn't where you were going to stay in order to keep that you know down that also goes with you know the temperatures and different things like that so you know i think that allows for some other survivability types of things that uh, i know uh, jimmy touched on just briefly but that's other stuff it's not just the food and water um cycle kind of you know whatever you call it the grind that a lot of survival people have to deal with i hate right. that in survival games i hate it and mm-hmm. correct but, me if i'm wrong but it seems like that's not the direction they're going in like it's not hardcore correct. survival it's more yeah. like you know a, a thing you need to do but it's not very consuming correct it seems like that's the case um it, it, from what i'm gathering he said uh you know, I was trying to find those real quick, and I lost the notes in there. It was essentially to, to, to the effect of, yeah, if you if you didn't eat, not a big deal. If you don't eat for several days, then it becomes a deal. Maybe you'll start losing health, you know, in increments after that. You know, in some you know in some in some way that you know if you don't eat, if you don't eat for a really long time or you can't get some kind of nutrients, then eventually, yes, you will right. have degraded the point where you're you know whatever whatever happens. Maybe you go in a coma or whatever. But mm-hmm. that's just really I think they're just using it as a mechanic to give you some sense of um urgency 
I guess, make or, some or, impact or, in the case you do, yeah. you do or get planning or, or forcing you to plan ahead. Like you said, before you take off with your crew on a long voyage, you want to make sure to stock up on food. Right. Sure. And, you know, honestly, that's perfectly reasonable. I think they've already got the oxygen mechanics in, in suits. I think that's fantastic. If I'm going on a boarding party, you know, I want to make sure that if we, decom- you know, if we uh, you know, depressurize the ship, we've got plenty of oxygen. So now what's going to happen? Now my medic coming along, we'll have him, you know, everyone stocks a couple extra oxygens. You know, whatever canisters in their packs. That's another thing that we you know, right. we have to you know, plan for. I don't. Mm-hmm. See I like the idea that, that uh, when you pry open, like say you, you like a pirate busting open a, a, a freelancer dur, the cargo that comes spilling out are oxygen tanks and foodstuffs. Like not rare amenities. It's all of their survival gear. And right. But and then you don't have to stock up on it for for months. Well, I was gonna say, it, but the really cool thing is that there is value in that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just normal mm-hmm. commodity too. So, you know, between that and possibly, uh, you know, you know, colonizing or using some of the base building thing, which I'm also not a huge fan of. But if they make it in terms of a, you know, if they really do like a nice, you know, kind of outpost type of thing, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge base builder myself. So, um, yeah. but regardless, well, I think it's you know, I, I, I will say this for base building. Um, I'm not a huge base builder fan myself but i was surprised how smoothly integrated the mechanic is in planet side 2 that really surprised me how well they made base building and mining which are two things i would have never associated with a first person a large scale first person shooter work really really well in that game and if if it can be done to that extent i feel like there is a definitely a chance to make it entertaining or interesting in star citizen yeah, well, I, I I think that that there is a a way to make these things important in the game without making them the focus of the game. Yeah, exactly. well, certainly, but also I think it's important that they also be fun, which is yeah, I, I feel like that some people like mining is not entertaining on its own unless you can find a way to make it so. And I think one of the things that Planet Side made it entertaining to go out and mine for the purpose of building a base in a game that is primarily based around shooting people in the face. Um, so I feel like there is there is possibility to make a game that is primarily about space exploration or combat that also involves some mining that can still be entertaining. Well, and I well think, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and I think, you know, in, in regards to food, I don't think... I don't think the goal is to make food fun. I think it's to make to give it value. Um, if you give it yeah, well, value, certainly yes. You know, then then you've got like Gleep had mentioned earlier. You've got the reason for farm. You've got a reason for farming. Um, you know, it's same with base building. Base building might be a drag for somebody like Mark or somebody like I, but there's going to be someone out there that is thrilled at the idea that they mm-hmm. can go and put a base down somewhere, and you know, quite possibly somebody in our org will drop a base and then be able to get you know that information out to us and right. go, hey, if you're in so and so sector, drop by and see me. I know yeah. Gleep will be there. Fun, fun <laughs> is not fun. Is not fun. Is not fun. Right. One one person's fun is another person's drag, and I think that Star Citizen's acutely aware of that, and I think that they want to add purpose to things, that, and they don't want to make them a drag, but then they also, you know, there, there will be aspects of the game that'll be a lot of fun, there'll be aspects of the game that are a little bit of a drag across the board for everybody, but I think if everything has a purpose, and everything is balanced reasonably, then, you know, I'm all for it. I love the idea of, of needing to eat, so long as my entire game session is not dictated by the fact that I need to eat, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Then that would be my concern. Is that uh, is that there there were some sometimes it feels like you're just watching levers, 
Like you're just watching meters go up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On some of the hardcore yeah. survival games, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's right. not as much fun. But they did yeah. mention. I know there have been around on Reddit too. People talked about different things, like uh, you know, if you're on a ship, maybe, ha- maybe perhaps it's assumed that you're eating, so you don't really lose that bar type of thing like that. You know, if you're right. on, you know, things like that, so that you don't, you're not forced into that in that particular gameplay loop when you clearly would have access. That's actually a really yeah. good idea. You know, things point. along those types of lines. Or same thing with oxygen. You're not worried about your oxygen when you're on a ship. You know, you don't have to worry about having your suit on or any type of thing like that. You just assume that it's being refilled by the oxygen in the ship, however, right. blah, 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 blah. That's you know? actually, and, and that's actually so, a really good balancing yeah. idea, too, because, you know, if or, or role play, because if you want to eat while you're on your ship, you can, but you don't necessarily have to. That's a sure. really good idea. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think I do, that's a good I way. I do like, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, that's a good way. I think that's a good way to. Uh, you know, once again, I think there, there are different ways to do this. I read, you know, I hadn't even thought about something like that. Read that, and I thought, oh, you know, that's a great idea. Well, guess what? C- you know, CIG is looking at this stuff too. I yeah. mean, they've, they've got mm-hmm. a bunch of guys trying to figure this out, trying to make sure it's fun. Absolutely. Right. I, th- I think right. you have a good point, Jimmy. Is that it's not you? You don't want to have your entire gameplay session dictated dictated by it. However, if you crashed on a planet and you were forced to do that. Right. And for that day or two where you right, were frantically right, right, right. trying to figure out how you're going to get your guy off this planet and no one's near you, that right. would make an extremely compelling gameplay right. session or two. You're no, right. you're no yeah, longer on that. your ship. You're no, yeah. Your ship is down. So you're so now you know food does become an issue. You've been stranded on this planet for two days. Things are starting to get critical. You're starting to get nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Now yeah. it becomes compelling. But right. the day to day of you know I'm moving cargo and oh I got to like make sure I stop and eat is, does become kind of a drag. Yeah. Or something right. with oxygen or yeah. maybe yeah. radiation on your suit. Yep. You know something like that. Something mm-hmm. else is giving out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, mm-hmm. stalker, cough, cough. What kind of um, radiation meters? What kind of damage, like when you're in Banshee, um, what kind of damage is there? Is that plant? Is that system star going to cause to your ship and to your person? As you say, yeah. What about survivability for for ships? I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. Elite Dangerous already has some uh, version of of survivability. I mean, if you get too close to a star, uh, you can take heat damage. I mean, Mm -hmm. no one's firing Mm -hmm. on you; it's just damage from that from that star directly and that can cause something that you need to repair or work on it would be interesting to jump into a system with a neutron star and you get too close and all of a sudden you're suffering structural or or, uh, heat damage from the star's intense gravity or or, uh, heat well, and, and Banshee is a great example of that because they, they talk specifically to that in Warmaker's Guide for the Galaxy about how the um, blue-white neutron star is is the radiation is so powerful um, that the, that the systems basically remained uninhabited except for one planet where people actually work underground. So, you know, I'm sure that that will be a consideration as well. You know, you enter the Banshee system, you know, you need to make sure that you don't get too close to its star or your ship is going to get completely laid to waste the closer you get to it. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I, because I, I think, you know, what, what Mark was describing is, is, is um, an interesting way to look at it, that though Star Citizen will, is in, in the big picture is never going to be a resource management game if you if you crash on a planet then it for a period of time until you figure out how to get out of there it it does become a resource management game correctly implemented uh they would they will be fantastic layers Mm -hmm. in playing the game Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I I, I agree. I think um, so. Yeah, um, I so to uh, back to Foxen's two points here. Uh, the first one uh, should uh, should you be able to when you're loading up your ship, getting ready to go on this journey, should you be able to buy essentially the uh, the outer space equivalent of Elven Way bread? Absolutely. You you know you can have these canisters where you know you you have one M was it uh, MRE mm-hmm. meals ready to eat? Yeah, yep. one MRE. Yep. And that lasts you all day long. You crash on a planet, and you're you're eating those uh, those uh, berries that uh, cause you a bit of upset on the uh, on the outtake. <laughs> um, you're you're going to have to eat those all day long just to stay alive because you know you're de- you're dehydrating and, and all of that. So as long as it as long as it, it makes some sort of sense and it it doesn't accept for uh, periods when it uh, it makes sense become the focus of the game it makes sense when you're crashed on a planet but it doesn't make sense when you're you know when you're on the on on the ship and you have a you know you don't have to eat a, a food pellet every 15 minutes otherwise you you pass out that doesn't make sense so yeah they'll they'll do it so i think that, i think that that makes sense and then also um i think uh, that the, what was his second point here um that uh, yes you should be able to um, uh, be able to get uh, uh, better food uh, in places where that's that's what they do. We make we make better food. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually really liked his farmer analogy down there. That was actually or the example for the farmer. I really liked that. Actually, is that you know, you know, do you make something less expensive, perhaps less valuable, and mm-hmm. do it all the time with you know with less expense, or do you go for the high quality stuff that you're going to have to really work at? You know, the course, you know, whatever over time is going to cost you a lot more money. Well, the, but the cool answer to that is that it will depend upon the market that you're in at that time. Sure. So it, yeah, it could absolutely. be that there could be no market for the fancy food, and the only way that you're able to turn crops over and sell them is to uh, basically make the egg McMuffins. You know, mm-hmm. well, or it's like you know, it's like flying a pizza in from New York, you know, to California. You know, it's that type of thing where it's like you know, it's like New York pizza is New York pizza, and, and I, I will fight anyone to the death that challenges me on that. But my point being is... That New York pizza is New York pizza? Is New York pizza. There's a taste to New York pizza that, like, you cannot get anywhere else on the planet. But, I'm very but, curious. What is, the, what is the quantifiable difference between New York pizza and You'll pizza just have to go there, Ace. You'll just have to go there, Ace. Cheese, uh, the, the, some say it's the water that they use. It's uh, the smog. The, the dough. Yeah, the smog, the sewage. Yeah. Um, all of those things contribute to an amazing slice <laughs> oh, of pizza. God. I think it's so funny that you mentioned that because I remember in one of the Spider-Man comics I read, there was a, there's a discussion that is exactly the same thing. It's true. It's like, it's about the dough or the cheese or there, something. There's, there's a point being, though, is that there is something unique to New York pizza and people, and I have heard stories where people will freeze-dry a pizza from and have it shipped overnight from New York or like, you know, celebrities will go on a, on a plane with a, a whole pie and bring it back to California. Um, I, I see that as a thing in Star Citizen as well. You know, you can get Big Bennies anywhere, but, you know, that really fine Tara beef, you're not getting it anywhere. You know, you're not getting anywhere other than um, in, in the Tara system um, unless it's being imported and the further away from that system that you get, you know, into... Uh, you know, into outlaw or, or unclaimed space, the more expensive those types of items are going to be. Yes. A reminder of those Nerf steaks from Star Wars. Got to get them right from the source. Exactly. Blue milk, well, you, know, so- you can't get it everywhere. <laughs> I don't know if Rogue One is to be believed. Uh, blue milk is pretty prevalent. I so I heard that's Bantha milk. I think... 
Foxen. I hope it was worth the wait. <laughs> you got you got a whole lot of opinions. Yep. So I'm. Um, and and between uh, between Dan Truffin and Tony Zervek, uh, they're working on it. It's going to be a part of the game. Exactly how we don't know. They probably don't know uh, at this point. But uh, stay tuned. So okay. And then uh, Adranic Black also sent us a question, which we have had on the list, not nearly as long as uh, Mr. Fox. And I, I would have to go back and look, but I'm I'm thinking Fox, and it, it could have been actually years that it's been <laughs> on here and, and never answered easily before um, the holidays. Easily, yes. So, um, but Dranic Black had, I thought, was also a, a very interesting question. He said, "Do you see yourself changing how you play the game after you after your first character dies? For example, say my first character is a miner, uh, but the younger son who inherits the miner's stuff when he when the miner dies is a real hothead and may start flying a fighter or end up joining the UE, uh, the Navy, or pirate some pirate group or something." So, um, what do you guys think? Do you think? I mean, I, I have a, a, of course, I have a character in mind for um, for Doctor Gleep. Um, but if uh, something bad was to happen to Doctor Gleep, and uh, and uh, all of his things needed to go to um, uh, son of Gleep, son of Gleep, yeah, son or of Gleep. Da- daughter <laughs> of Gleep, yeah. Um, you know, I hadn't really given it any thought. I mean, uh, I. It, it seems like almost a shame to uh, to just you know, you know we've been seventy five generations of doctors. You know, I mean it seems like they're <laughs> you're the first like, one to become a farmer. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so interesting um, you mentioned that though. I, I I I'm gonna just say as a as a narcissist, no, I will probably keep playing myself over and over again. Mm. Wow, creepy. Yeah. Very strange, yes. very clear very, uh, lineage the of the same person. And I probably yes. have a whole collection of guns. Um, I think I will probably, uh, you know, when he mentioned this, I, I was kind of reading it and thinking, you know, that just kind of makes sense. If I if I have the mercenary-ish type, you know, covert ops type of guys doing that type of stuff, I can see myself taking a step back for a character, maybe trying some other things out, at least for a while. Um, yeah. That would probably be yeah, down the line. Here. Yeah, but I could see myself doing that. You know, making myself, you know, making having the guy that looks like you know belongs in the military, and then having the extremely large fellow that mainly just does trading, or perhaps just cooks space you know, for trucker. a while. You say a space trucker. Maybe I'm balding. Oops. Yeah, maybe I'm balding for a while. That'd be fun. Uh, you know, something fun. You know, just you know. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I I like the idea of no. uh, a character that whose family has a history that this person did this and this person did this. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, the Skyrim playthroughs I've done, I've played as a different character, and I like the idea of characters with history. One of the things I love about the Mass Effect series is that they have your character's changes and people respond to reputation or changes that were made in previous games. So I like the idea that if my really, really terrible uh, pirate character dies, then his daughter... Uh, has to fight for her citizenry and place in the military, and there's that that mixed family history. Mm-hmm. No, that's mm-hmm. very cool. They've they've talked about doing something similar even with ships too. That, that ships are going to have um, some sort of history the the longer they've been in game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they've, they've, well you know, we see some of that already. That there's like like they've got rust and damage filters that that as as you use the ship, it's it will at some point. Gain age and weathering like a car does. No, no, I mean, um, I mean, like when you go to sell the ship, you could be like, oh yeah, no, this ship was at uh, at the uh, participated pitch, in this battle. Yeah, and- at, at you know uh, um, the uh, pitchfork uh, event. 
uh, Project Pitchfork. <laughs> pitch, pitchfork. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, pitchfork the Pitchfork. You know, the thing all the kids are doing with the Pitchforks. Oh, the Pitchforks. It's, it's a fair, you know, when they throw them at the hay bales. <laughs> Paging you, Pitchfork Emporium. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, the, the point being, though, that, like, you're, you'll be able to call back on speci- specific events. Um, I would I would guess is there's probably some sort of there'll be some sort of badge system for that particular ship, um, so that if you do sell you have a ship for three or four years it, it will ha- maintain whatever badges it was involved with and you can pass that on when you pass on the ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well and and, and speaking of the ships, because um, as as you were talking there, I was just uh, going through my little brain and uh, some of the, the ships I have my main ships are Caterpillar and the Endeavor. Um, so those Today. are. Pre- uh, in, in this moment, <laughs> so a couple of real multi-purpose uh, vessels. So you know, if uh, if something bad were to, you know, if if uh, su- suppose Doctor Gleep uh, crash lands on a planet, eats nothing but poisonous berries, and ends up just pooping himself to death, um, <laughs> evacuating himself to death. Yeah, uh, then his uh, his uh, inheritor um, will uh, be able to maybe instead. Um, uh, dabble in the piracy because you'll have the caterpillar that'll work. That'll work well for that. Uh, the endeavor can be uh, uh, outfitted to do um, other sorts of things uh, other than than uh, space hospital. I mean, if um, if space uh, meth lab, yeah, uh, meth lab, you can have uh, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the science uh, the sciency science part of it. So um, I, I think that's a it's a, a really good question, and I think that the uh, the answers uh, there are no easy answers or no simple answers. Um, it's pretty much you know I'm gonna have to wait and see what I feel like at that at that point. But it's good yeah. to know that there's latitude to make uh, make changes. Yeah, I think one good point before we stop this topic is that also they were talking about reputa- reputations yes. being, only, being only partially passed down. Yeah. Uh, so that would probably lend itself to that that change of a different uh, you know you know changeover, trying something a little bit different. If you're already losing some of that reputation, that would be a good time to do that. You well, know, try th- something a little different. And I think ultimately, for a lot of us, um, the goal is to not die. You know, uh, he's they've, correct. They, they've said that, that you know that there will be a death mechanic, but that you'll you know have the ability to come back uh, x, x number of times. Um, for me personally, one of the ultimate goals of the game is you know having it like there's a difference between a survival game and a game like this. You know, in a survival game, ultimately the goal is how long can I stay alive. But oddly enough, with Star Citizen, it's the same type of thing. It's just, to me, more relevant. You know, like with a game like H1Z1, you know you're going to die. And you know you're going to die often. And so the goal is to try and stay alive as long as possible. With Star Citizen, you don't want to die. Um, you want to try and stay alive as long as possible. So, like, I guess two different sides of the same coin. Um, whereas, you know, with a true survival game, you expect to die. With a game like Star Citizen, you're doing everything you can not to die. And they're going to give you that room to where if you do die a few times, it's okay. You can keep going. You just end up looking like uh, Forrest Whitaker in Rogue One. Exactly. Uh, true. Eventually, yeah, eventually that bad. How's that man still walking? Are we not still friends? <laughs> It's nice. so creepy. Now, you I guys could... saw his uh, his appearance in uh, Rebels, right? Of course. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no Gleep has not yet. 
Not yeah. yet. Well, that's okay. Um, well, Dranik, thank you very much for that question. I think it's yeah, it's a, that's a good one. Um, uh, and I think uh, especially for uh, for those of us that. Uh, do occasionally like to uh, write up backstories for ourselves and uh, role play in the game, that that's going to be um, an, another added um, enjoyment for us to have is in planning these things out and you know making those decisions. If you were to pass away unexpectedly, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm faced with a new character here. What do I want that person to be? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, there's so many different determining factors. You know, how many times can you die before you know you're you are truly dead uh, is going to be one you know critical element of that. And I'm sure that there are going to be people be people out there that are going to you know purposely create pirates or characters to kill to test that limit and see how that work how that mechanic works. Right. 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 Um, and but then you know that opens the whole conversation about well if you're a, a nefarious character um, uh, what happens to you when you die or um, you know if you uh, if you get blown up if you're a pirate and you get blown up um, and you wake up in a hospital are you going to be waking up in a prison hospital um, and then you're going to have to uh, you know first thing is, is escaping from from prison you know it's it's not like you know for good guys like me that you know i wake up uh, in a in a a, a a friendly hospital that's you know and surrounded by beautiful nurses like oh mr glee mr glee can i get you anything you know and then um, you know they give me a ride home and 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 everything's fine and i get some new york pizza they deliver mm-hmm. they bring me yep, a new york see? pizza yeah. mm-hmm. you guys uh, are making me hungry stop it a lot of unanswered questions but we like that all right. Well, um, so thanks, guys. Thank you, uh, Adranik and uh, Foxen, for, for those questions. Uh, and again, we do apologize. It took us so long to get there. Um, we suck. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, on to uh, John's uh, forum report. And this, I thought, was pretty cool. Um, if you guys haven't seen this yet, if you open it up, uh, our friend Sorian uh, has uh, put together, um, he's put together basically the, the, the Twitter picture for this week's episode. <laughs> Um, I think that is pretty cool. That's amazing. Now, is, is this uh, legit? Is that going to have to become another background for my uh, Apple Watch? My yeah. watch. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming the answer is yes, but he, he went and this is this translates to those guys with ships. Yeah, it's it's a direct translation, so it doesn't, it, for the sounds that it makes. So it doesn't gotcha. necessarily mean that's how a Vandal would say it, because it may, it may just be gibberish. But in terms of the sounds that you would be making, yes, that's correct. I mean... Yeah, for the sound for those guys with ships, that's the closest you can get. Amazing. Yeah. Clearly, we just need to find a Vanduul now and get the exact pronunciation from him. Yes. Right, like, how am I really going to say those guys with ships? <laughs> that's too cool. So, um, uh, thank you for that. And it's uh, so you can look up the. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to the uh, to the forum article, or you can just look at the. Uh, the uh, tweet when it goes out uh, well it will have gone out by the time you hear this isn't that weird how time so fluid <laughs> fluids you we're know, all like on, a, on, a, on a time traveling machine hurtling through space mm, it's true tell me a story all right and we have new members yes 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 Yay. we do Yay. um PJ Doc joined us, said, I'm a middle-aged gamer with more time to spend on PC gaming now that my wife and I are empty nesters. Have been a lifelong gamer starting with the Atari 2600. Woo, go way back. 
uh, loved Wing Commander, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, and was delighted to hear that Roberts was creating Star Citizen. I am also attracted to this new model of letting users get involved in the early development of the game. I've always been a fan of engaging users early using agile development. It's how I run my medical software development lab. As far as ships I own, Misk Starfarer, Constellation, Aquila, Aquila, um, that one, Freelancer Durr, Cutlass Red, Misk Prospector, Vanguard Warden, Anvil Gladiator, Hornet Wildfire, Saber Comet, Gladius Valiant, Titan Renegade, M5350R, and Dragonfly Black. Wow. In a partridge in a, in a pear tree. tree. <laughs> guys, guys, it's it's January. You're a little late the there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for an active organization that is interested in team-oriented tactics and play. Well, welcome, PJ Doc. It's We're nice to team. have you. We, we like are. doing these things. It's we true. Do. Welcome to the org. <laughs> welcome. EOS joined us, said, you are funny guys. I'm a funny guy. Here's my application. Then crazy guys. <laughs> the potato goes in the front. Wow. We're just, what? Yeah, really old school here. Wow. Okay. Uh, Greetings from Switzerland. So welcome, Eos. Uh, Ivanhoe joined us, said, Hi, I'm relatively new to Star Citizen and started listening to your and other podcasts last year and getting pretty addicted. You all seem a pretty nice and fun to play with group of guys and would like to join your organization as an affiliate. By the way, I'm from Spain, so I can drive your javelin after you go to bed. Winky face, winky face, <laughs> winky face. I like the idea of an after-hours taxi service. <laughs> yes, it's like a, yeah. he's like a space valet. I'll take it's it from like, here. That's right, space space Uber. Yeah, because we've got a, a west. I know one West Coast guy that has a javelin. I think that's so. Yeah. That, that's perfect. Nice. Like, yeah. I think the Adlita brothers have like five of them. I believe. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, those Adlitas. javelins. I think they melt ships about as often as you do, Gleep. We just don't advertise it as much. Well, you know, we're, we're gen- gentlemen of a similar ilk. Gleep just happens to wave his blowtorch around while he's using it. Ow! Ow! Hello, man. Commander Rudy joined us, said, Hello, all. I'm Commander Rudy, also known as Sir Rudy on the website. Love the show and just wanted to join the fun. First learned about Star Citizen watching Frankie on PC on the YouTube. It had me at the word space. All I have currently is a lowly Mustang Alpha, so if anyone needs cannon fodder, let me know. <laughs> That's awfully kind. Uh, thanks a lot, and see y'all in the verse. Well, welcome, Sir Rudy. It's good to have you on board. Um, and speaking of the website over there, we had Confusion joined us, as did Remington 2442. Chappie joined us. Raspy Squares, PJ Doc, Sir Rudy, who we were just talking about, and Otternaut. That's a great name. That's, it's the most adorable spaceman you've ever seen. Does anyone else really want to see this guy's avatar or what? Yeah. <laughs> Otternot. 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 Um, Damn, so, he's cute. Adorbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All righty. So, um, that's it. That's it. So, what, what do we got coming up? Um, we got uh, 2.6.1 uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. A little bit yeah, more than a couple I weeks. I can't come fast enough. I'm desperate to get back into Crusader. 2.6.2 with the Mega Map. Uh, hopefully, not too long after that. And then, hopefully, by then, we'll have some more definitive. Uh, information on when to expect the 3.0, which I think is going to um, be fun. 
Yeah. Safe to say. Yes. Safe to say. Fun, yes. <laughs> All right. Please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen the Base Radio at now Jimmy, is this is this link good now? Have they resolved their issues? Um issues uh still currently in resolution. I don't know a whole lot about what's going on, but my understanding is that um there was it's still an, an error code. Th- well, no, yeah. no, no. That that link works. It just takes you to an older page that will allow. No, for no, no. This play. this one errors out. This errors, yes, out. errors out. Error one thousand one. DNS resolution. Yeah, error. it's it's it. What did I say? It was when I texted you the other night. I just clicked on it, guys. The link that you have in the show notes for does not work for me. StarCitizenBase.com. No. Error one thousand one. DNS resolution error. Uh, I don't know why it hates you. I got it right now. I just pulled it up. Listen to the radio station. So, but so basically. Um, there is some sort of either virus or some sort of issue with the actual site, so they've got their old WordPress site up right now. I'm sure I'm completely wrong on this because I never really pay attention to anything. Um, but they the issues with the main site are being worked on. Um, in the meantime, the station is up and running, um, and whatever site that you go to, I mean, the base.sc seems to work fine for me. It just brings up their old uh, user interface and you can still check out the schedule um, and you can still check out home. You can also go direct to Twitch, uh, uh, Star Citizen Base over on Twitch and and be able to listen to the radio station as well. So the station's still up and running. Um, I think that the issues right now have to do with the site itself. Okay, well, yeah, the the base.sc is where I listened on Thursday. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, all right. Check out the new INN. It can be found at imperialnews.network, and uh, you can reach the podcast. You can email us, comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use that hashtag, TGWS. Our RSI, Star Citizen Organization, can be found at robertsspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org! .org! .org! Ding, 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 ding. Wow. He is so full of strange, obscure references. I'm never, I'm never sure which one it is. Sabado, or, or if it's any Gante, or, or if it's any just office it's just, rocker, yeah, something that's going on in Gleep's mind. I'm one of those regular weird people. My name Another is Gleep, one. and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy, oh, uh, my name is Jimmy. Uh, I can be found most chatty over on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can also check me out every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, uh, over at the base doing my show Quantum Drive, which is a mix of lore and music. Ace. I'm Ace Azamine, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Uh, you can find all my information in the show notes. Uh, but I'm now that my internet is hooked back up. By the way, two year contract, $49. I'm pretty pleased about that. Ooh, how many gigabits you getting? Hmm? How many megabits you getting? All the, all the bytes. 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 Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so um, you can find all the information in the show notes. I'm most chatty now that uh, I'm back online here in the TeamSpeak. Um, occasionally in the Discord, but mostly here in the TeamSpeak. Come by, you know, say hello. Uh, come nerd out with me about whatever whatever games. And if you feel like talking D&D, I will not turn you down. Yay. Yeah. Well, I'm Mark. <clears throat> you can find me at madcal 1001com Dot com, right? Yeah, that's because that works out really well. Try 1001 at 
gmail.com or mark at versecast.org. Uh, you can also reach me. I'm, I'm relatively frequently on the Discord. Uh, you can pretty much message me on there, and I will get it immediately because I'm that guy. Do you guys um, use that for voice, too, or do you just use it for text? You know, honestly, I use it for voice with other games, but we don't really have a lot of people showing up there. If people are around... I will use it for voice. I, I actually prefer it to TeamSpeak at this point. I think it's, uh, you know, and since it's it's largely what we're going to see on the spectrum, it seems to make some sense. But, um, you know, whatever. It's a little easier to find your friends and talk and chat when you're not actually online, I find. Uh, so the continuity is kind of there. But it doesn't really hurt either way. Regardless, you can find me there if you'd like. Or on TeamSpeak. Or uh, by the emails. Or uh, by a pigeon. Carrier pigeon preferred? <laughs> I'm not picky. Um... Or, oh, perhaps you can mail your snake to me, and he can slither back to you, because everyone Whoa. knows that the homing snake uh, from Madagascar, right? You guys all aware of this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. homing snake. Oh, yeah. This is going to require a Google search. Yeah, he actually, he'll actually uh, travel back to his uh, place of birth uh, in which to eat rats. It's mm. really, really strange, because um, Madagascar is rather small. So. And it's an island too. <laughs> yeah, huge, say, huge help. When in you the think Great about it, you're like, you're like, man, a yeah, it actually snake. was in the, yeah, the the war of 1760, uh, also called the Great War of Madagascar. If you're not aware, <laughs> um, largely fought with bone arrows and nuclear weapons. Believe it or not, um, combined, yeah. strange combination. Yeah, Key. I, I gotta uh, say, key to the resistance, sounds, if I remember correctly, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, believe it or not, all over, who got the, the rights to make candy canes? On the island. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah. Amazing, amazing history. I'm pretty history, sure I got people. that. I, I, I'm pretty... No, someone's going to have to check my facts, but I'm pretty sure that's that's uh, that, that that's accurate. I think everything Thank I said you. there was Thank accurate. you for your, your compilation of, oh. of alternate facts. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, your facts are checked, sir. <laughs> yeah, consider <laughs> facts checked checked. hard. <laughs> well, that's all I got like today, gentlemen. Uh, I can talk to you about my otter petting pants party but unfortunately we'll have to skip to that one until next time (laughs) (laughs) until next time then we are those guys with ships and this has been our community podcast see you guys bye later you know I think we officially dropped every uh, first cast ism that has ever been in this episode we really did most I don't, I don't remember hearing anything about porridge. What would you mean most mention porridge? Yeah. Now we, we've got that now. And I caught the jib. That was my favorite one. God, you guys just let it slide. And talking about the cut of your jib, that was just amazing. I love that. I Wild love and crazy guy. And there's that one. Dan Aykroyd, who's the other guy? Oh, um, Steve Martin. No, 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 yeah, Wait, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. It was Dean Martin. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah.